Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Classic Quest podcast. This is the show where we break down the classic hip-hop albums track by track, give thoughts and opinions on every single song. Mm -hmm. Today, we will be talking about Eminem Recovery. My name is Holden Stefan Roy. I am your lady friend, Bonnie. Before we get into it, we're going to do the intro bit. We're at the very first part of the intro bit today, which you can skip by checking the description of the video. Depending on the platform you're watching this on. Or listening to it. That's true, because now we're going to be on the Spotify and the iTunes, all through Podbeam. So if you're a Podbeam person, we're there too. So you can check for links to all of that in the description of the video. Mm-hmm. iTunes will maybe not be available on the day this is released, but as soon as it comes. But yeah, that's right. We expanding into other platforms to make it maybe less data intensive to consume our content for those of you. Also, that don't want to watch us, you can just listen, and that's amazing. So yep. we were just really happy to announce that. So links below, but it also means you should probably follow us on the socials uh, at Behind That Suit on Facebook and Twitter to keep in touch, and we'll maybe do better with Instagram. Uh, so you can follow us on all of theirs. And I guess it's the first time I felt the need to really push it for those that aren't going to just be on YouTube. YouTube, that's the home, though. We're going to still be here. Yeah. So uh, anyway. With that in mind, uh, let's get into it real quick. But first, we are not experts. We know that. We're just some people who started doing it. For those of you who can't see it, just picture some middle class people. And that's who's doing these hip hop reviews. Yeah, that's what we are. <laughs> nah, but like the whole goal of this was to go through these albums, always track by track, and just going through the flow and the experience of listening to the album in an era where I don't believe albums are given the appreciation they deserve. And, um, Every now and, and again. And we definitely give them the time they deserve. Absolutely. And uh, with that, um, yeah, that's all we got to say. Yep. But if you're coming through, we can't claim to be Eminem experts. Uh, we we could maybe try, but it would be stupid. There's a <laughs> lot of people out there that know a lot of oh, things yeah. about Eminem in a trivia level that I can't keep up with. But we'll get into it a little bit, our familiarity with him. But we just wanted to say that we want to hear your experiences, too. As we go through this, I want to hear about your thoughts and opinions. And it would be awesome to just like kind of hear where you're at when this album dropped and to let us know. And with that, on our last review, which was two weeks ago, but Canadian Thanksgiving was last week and we had to go to somebody's mother's house. Um, <laughs> so sorry. And uh, basically on that, we we talked about which album, Esham's. Esham, Closed Casket. Right. And on that, we got a comment from Bo for Show. And honestly, half the reason I picked the comment is to say Bo for Show because it's really fun <laughs> to say. And he said, it was something I said is an all-time favorite, one of those Eshan tracks where you wished it was longer, which somehow happens often from him, which I kind of agreed on because it was a track I wished was longer. And it's cool to hear his experiences as like a, a person who's listened to a lot more of the catalog of Esham than I did. So just this kind of stuff, I read everything. And I believe that through the comment section, we have effectively become somewhat decent at this yeah absolutely like enough that i believe it's worth your time to go through this adventure with us and share your comments whereas maybe two years ago that may have been a grandiose claim and it was a lot more comedic in terms of how ridiculous we came off so i like transitions and growth um on that note though before we jump into it special thanks to the patrons is milka dempsey chris prouder jonathan barnes dj black hurricane linda williams and coney sparks mm-hmm. they're the reason we're on all those new platforms so we'll touch on that at the end and uh before we actually get into the episode one more thing 
it's the Canadian election as we're recording this, and I got the results up in here, so I'm just gonna say it if you see me glancing over a little bit more. Can't help it, it's like a scorecard for like the future of my country. And we did our civic duty. And before course, we get into the review, I just wanted to comment one more time on how jealous I am of all the stuff US citizens get to vote on. Yeah, we just have like, here's like seven names, mark an X, and that's it. And the thing is, is... Right, I think you guys like have like surveys and stuff like that. Get, yeah, like depending on your state or whatever, and the time of year, you'll vote on multiple subjects, right? Like it'll be for the president, for the this guy, for the that thing, for the this. The and head of the school board, like the mayor. You'll be asked questions. Everybody. How do you feel about this, that, and, and you'll get like actual whatevers. So in Canada... I vote for the guy whose face was on the poster in my neighborhood for the party who I watched it like like the guy that becomes prime minister is not who I voted for right yeah, yeah. I voted for the party and the party wins a lot of seats you voted and the party for the, the local decide. person here so, that runs their party and runs whatever and here honestly Canadian elections always feel really wonky to me when compared to other systems it's just not like a really decent structure in my opinion and I know this is an M&M review and I'm sitting here talking about politics but it really is just the Canadian elections today so even in the future if it's like not really relevant go vote anyway <laughs> uh, it's like always to, relevant to vote we like to start off the show just kind of describing our familiarity with the artists that we're talking about in this case, it's Eminem, and this is like our like uh, a lot of Eminem reviews have come out on this channel. We we've covered Infinite, we've covered Slim Shady LP, Marshall Mathers LP, The Eminem Show, uh, Encore, Relapse. Yeah. We've also done uh, Revival and Kamikaze. We've also done D12 Devil's Night. Yeah. I believe that would be a and Dr. Dre's 2001. Not quite an Eminem album, but he's on it. Yeah. Uh, so that would be a good breakdown. And of, we reviewed... Um, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. Nope, not what I was going to say. The movie, the Netflix movie. Oh, Bodied. The, the YouTube movie. The yeah. Bodied movie that Eminem produced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that would be like bodied. just other stuff you could go click on for those who have interest in this. This mm -hmm. is a little self-plug here. But in general, we like to just share. So we'll do a really brief version of our familiarity with Eminem. Check out the Marshall Mathers LP review if you want the first Eminem review we did. Yeah. It may be the worst one. It may be the best one. I'd love to know your opinion uh, on that. I don't know. I thought it was all right. We should live react to that. You let us know in the comments. Um, but I grew up with Eminem. I am 31 years old, meaning I was a 12-year-old white kid when the real Slim Shady <laughs> is a single. And I went to a high school where, let's say, white people were not the majority. I cannot express how much I connected to Eminem's music as a youth. And I learned all the songs. And I was such a stan for such a long time in my life. And then uh, I grew up. And uh, then I got back into Eminem again. Over, I never like stopped listening to him. But what I can say is my relationship with Eminem today is really different than it was before I started reviewing albums. So this isn't meant to incite anything. I want to give all of my criticisms. Having covered so much of his music, what the man does with flows and rhythms and word plays is almost unparalleled in the universe of lyricism, right? Like yep. whether or not I like it all, 
is a completely different subjective thing. So he's smart. He's smart with his words, and he knows how to like make them work. So I've changed a lot as a person, and therefore, it was an interesting experience to go back to this particular album, which my first experience with recovery. So we can kind of go specific to the album Eminem. Yeah. Since I'm like 12 years old, everybody, I just established that. I remember when my name is was a single. I remember all of that. Yeah. Um, but recovery is the first Eminem album that came out, I believe, when I'm an adult, or the second one when I'm an adult. But the first one that came out when I lived on my own, I had moved out and I was in my first apartment when this album came out. And I'm pretty sure I listened to like everything about it. And there were hmm. tracks I liked off of it, and tracks I didn't like off of it. And um, I remember being like Eminem's back. Like there was that moment when Not Afraid came out as a single that was like, whoa. It, it was pretty substantial. All I'm saying is so like at one point in my life, I listened to this album an insane amount of time to the point where there were many songs that I just knew the words to. Even like like songs I had actually forgotten what they sounded like, but I was still able to like sing to mm-hmm. in parts of it. And I thought that was pretty cool. So coming into it um i realized i had forgotten what half this album sounds like which is the first time since we've been doing these reviews that that's happened what i mean is every other eminem album we've talked about from the past i knew every song going into that review with the exception of infinite which in that case was pretty fresh but all the other ones like every song i just knew what it freaking sounded like I forgot what a few of these songs sounded like until I started playing them. Hmm. And that's the first time in this Eminem journey. And I wonder if that just has to do with where I was in life or all these other things. Like, I'm not. Or if it's the album itself. Maybe. But I just wanted to give that out there. Like, I thought of, like, stuff I could say that would be, like, the most relevant point to bring up. So, for me, this album was really just, like, remembering what this album was and to decide then if I like it or not in 2019. But also understanding my relationship with Eminem has changed from super diehard, he's the goatiest goat fan to... I kind of like love and admire the man's talent and sometimes the content he discusses is not as much of interest to me now as it was when I was younger. Yeah, I get it. I don't know. We'll get into it as we do the review. But I just think it's fair that you understand my mindset going into this review so that you can feel what you want. And then you can go watch me be a stan on the MMLP review. Uh, (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, so... For me, I mean, like, I've listened to to Eminem since I got his album on Christmas. Like, probably if I figured out what, you know, year the picture was taken, it was probably, like, I was 11 or 12 or something like that. And it was, um, so, yeah, I mean, I've definitely known about him since, you know, not the the beginning, but for a while. And, um, you know, one of my friends, like, made me a copy of, like, his you know, his tape. And, like, it was just, like, it was so good. Um, but definitely around the time that this came out, he was off of my radar. Like in 2010, I was living such like a different life that Eminem did not feature into it very much at all. Um, so for me, like this, this was the first time I've ever listened to this album and first time I've ever listened to most 
of the, these songs. Um, obviously, there's a few. Well, not obviously. There there are a few that I have heard before. Um, but for the m most part, I was going into this uh, pretty blind. Uh, like, like I w just wasn't... Yeah. I just never went back and listened to it. And I never, you know, nobody ever really talked about it in my circle and, uh, and where I was at. And so... Yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about this one. I mean, the title makes sense. Uh, it's a follow-up to Relapse. Mm -hmm. It's recovery. Yeah. It makes you feel instantly that the tone of the album is going to be different than Relapse. Like, yeah. this is established. This is not Relapse 2, which was, at the time, what was supposed to be the album. And what we ended up getting is part of the songs from Relapse 2 went to recovery. And then other ones basically were the bonus songs as well of the Relapse album, the Refill edition. Right. That's my real simple... TLDR version of the breakdown. Half the songs went there, half the songs went the other place. Basically, I want to do it. And then a bunch of new songs came on recovery to reshape the album into a different tone. Yeah. So, given the drug situation in his life and recovery being the more alcoholic, anonymous, kind of NA, narcotics anonymous mm -hmm. thing, thing, you're in recovery. It's when you're, you know, giving up drugs and making your life proper again. Yeah. And it just kind of sets the tone right away that that's what this album's going to be I about. I think the cover also sets the tone so much, you know, in the same way because it's just like him and like you see like the back of him and he's like walking down like you know the road you know a highway or, or the road to recovery is kind of how i you know interpreted it and that he's alone implying also that he's um it, it's it's a lonely process and uh that it will take a long time to get down that road and you know so that's kind of the symbolism there i think yeah it's really cool i mean it's definitely like a simple cover, but it's also really not gritty, right? Like it's still kind of gritty, but well, unlike all gray. of his prior colors, it has a little more light to it. Yeah. It almost like is yeah. like a light at the end of the tunnel in the way it's done. Yeah. Whereas everything else is like up until this point dark or gritty or, or you got these illustrious stages and stuff. And this is just more like M on the road doing what he's got. I like, I like your yeah. breakdown. I was smarter than anything I could say. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, so we, so for once, once more, um, we are doing Eminem Recovery, which came out June 18th, 2010. I don't think we mentioned that. But that's fair. Throw that in. And we're doing the two bonus tracks just in case you were wondering. So until then, it's Montreal. It's almost November. And as I cycled to work t today, the cold wind, it blows. All right, Bonnie, how do you feel about cold wind blows? Well, this one definitely sounds like, you know, kind of like older Eminem. Um, like, you know, it's just kind of the same sort of tone of like things that we've heard before. Um, he talks about, you know, Mariah Carey and Elton John. Um, who he already had mentioned before on other albums and just I kind of felt like it was enough already but I mean that's just kind of how I interpret it and like that's you know going to keep going so um maybe like just because I'm listening to it for the first time in like this day and age like maybe I'm just like ugh, this again but um I think still if I listen to it at this point I would be like this again like <laughs> I don't think it would be um anything new um but if you've never listened to Eminem and this is the first album of his you're listening to then it would be new to you um so and yeah I can't really decide if I like the 
chorus or if it's too like juvenile childish sounding a little bit um he's obviously learned that he has uh trust issues with women um you know that have gone you know throughout his life and i think that's obviously like why he he kind of sounds like he's staying away um from women and that he hates them or you know the pussies he's talking about which is obviously women um you know and obviously you know anybody who's listened through you know some of his albums before in the past you, you know everybody knows that he's you know maybe has some issues with his mother and issues with his um you know with, with kim and um so you know in terms of relationships and things like that he's had some like weird situations and his father left and um you know he, he but he absolutely loves Haley, so he's got different um feelings towards different women in his life um and like <laughs> As a Canadian, uh, the next lines I found uh, kind of rude, but they, they work. Um, Shit, the day that happens, the world will stop spinning and Michael J. Fox will come to a standstill. And I thought that was kind of like, you shouldn't say that about Michael J. Fox. <laughs> but obviously, I get what he's doing there. He's going to do it again on the album. Of course he's going to. Um, I, but you know what? Honestly, I thought about it and I was like, I wonder how Mike felt. I bet you he was just honored that he was mentioned in Eminem's song. So I'm like, I'm sure you can't be that. I'm sure he wouldn't be that mad about it. I'll just say that. Um, but the question is, how does he like coming right before an R. Kelly reference? Mm. That's the question. Mm, See, yeah. I'm okay with being in the song, but do I want to be like a Michael J. Fox will come to a standstill during an earthquake or urine in your face? Mm, you know, a little, little sneaky at. And I have to yeah. give M his credit, right? Something that I realized on Encore. He has like a selection of lists, like, or like a list of people that he likes to make fun of. And I think that But it's... in the case of R. Kelly, it's specifically how he fucks around with kids and keeps he keeps referencing him peeing on his girl, mm-hmm. which is interesting that a guy in the limelight like Eminem would do such a thing. All things considered, when t- the documentary came out, or I don't care if I say it wrong, earlier this year or was it last year? I don't remember anymore. Mm-hmm. And everyone acted sure. like it was groundbreaking information, like fresh. And like I'm like, what? Are you guys like I've known about this type of the depth of his situation since at least 2008. So like I'm just confused that the whole world woke up. But then seeing how Eminem just kept dropping these subliminals at him throughout his whole career. It's like I'm surprised it took so long for so many people to realize that that's what's actually going on with the situation. Anyway, that's again a little side point back to what you were saying. Um. Yeah, so I think that he is basically addressing um, some of the issues that he has. And um, it's kind of like at the point, and you know, this is part of recovery, um, is at the point where he is accepting that they are just a part of him. And he has the power to control those feelings, those kinds of behaviors, maybe the, the things that he doesn't like or, you know, about himself or things like that. Um, so he, he kind of knows better now. He, he's aware that he is in control of, him, of himself. Um, and yeah, so I think that's pretty much it. And um, he, you know, we kind of mentioned that he's as cold um, as the cold wind and, you know, Detroit is cold. So, I mean, that's where he's been for the last five years and, you know, also most of his life. Um, so, yeah, so he's just sort of like this way because um, this is how 
we created him. This is sort of, you know, as the result mm. of like the fans of, well the, of, of him being famous, um, of, of all of that. You know, he was one way and then we molded him the way he wanted. And that's kind of where I think he had issues with what he was supposed to be versus what he was. And I think that also played into the whole drug thing and everything else. And so I'm sure he had to deal with that in like therapy and counseling and everything else. So um, it's good, it's personal, and it definitely makes sense on this album. And it's a good opener. I gave this a 4.35 on five. So I don't like the chorus. I'm going to say that. Like, I just don't like it. Like, ow, yeah. ow, 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 ow. Yeah. Use, use auto-tune next time, dog. Just just do it. Like, you know what? Ten years later, I'm like, fuck it. Use auto-tune. It sounds mm-hmm. better than that. Mm-hmm. Honestly. That's just got that out of the way. Yep. Um, I had an epiphany, and I might be wrong, but okay. as, a, as a reviewer, I'm looking for the mystery of the album. You know, maybe something more than the typical conversation. Right. And maybe this is just some common knowledge shit and everyone else knew it. But I think this whole album is just about his relationship with music. And all the women songs are, are music. I at first didn't think that. But when I listened to well, it... Well, I think that there certainly are songs that are like that. I mean, I think the whole thing kind of is about... The whole album is a story in the way... That, not, like, as good of a story in the way that, like, Relapse was in terms of tone and placement. So you're right. And I think even what you're saying about this track fits into that story. Mm-hmm. And so the second half of the album, which we'll get to, when he gets into all the women stuff, that woman is hip-hop. Yeah. The whole way through. All of the tracks... It's hmm. hip hop. Interesting. So with that in mind, because last time I waited to tell the story, I don't know which was smarter. <laughs> so I think that if you look at Cold Wind Blows, which I really believe part of the part of why I think it's so story-esque is it kind of makes sense after Underground on the last album, like where you've been Underground, then he's coming back. And now okay. what's the first thing you're seeing in that weird singy? Because when you and said he's it also sounds... feeling again, you know, he's feeling the wind. right. So it makes sense after Underground, which was kind of a, I'm fucking back at everybody, which is where that story ends off. Right. right. Then because some things just don't change. It's better when they stay like it's in that same orchestral feeling that we were getting at the end of the last album, tying mm-hmm. the two together, which, again, maybe I'm reading too much into this, but this is what I thought. And this was super nifty. And then, you know, <clears throat> he's kind of this song is like, oh, you guys don't really seem to be so happy to have me back. Well, I guess the fame kind of isn't my favorite part anymore. You know, it's and it just kind of keeps going on with it. Yeah. And then the song kicks in and I'm just like, I feel like instantly the beat sounds like a. And I don't hope nobody like gets mad at me for any of the negative stuff I'm gonna say in this review. And I believe this is my least favorite song on the album, actually, right mm. away. We're starting off with possibly my least favorite song on the album. So just in case you think it's gonna be a bunch of negative shit, it gets better from here. Um, but I don't like the beat. It feels like Dr. Dre light. And I really like Just Blaze. I think the dude is a talented dude. I think this song feels like fucking Dr. Dre light. And okay. it just doesn't, it's just the beat itself. I, I don't like it that much, and I don't like the chorus that much. So with all that being said, <laughs> holy shit is his rhyming on the verse is really good. Really great, actually. Like, I'm like, okay. But then, so I met with that conflict where 
it's that petulant immature shit where you really don't know if you want to listen to it at like 31 years old sitting there yeah like you can get the dick just call me the ball sack i'm nuts it's actually like a really good line you know you can get the dick double entendre whatever his dick or like the whole him being a dick yeah and whatever it's coming to ball sack i'm nuts and it's actually again well written michael vick and this bitch dating this song <laughs> dog fall back you mutts actually really smart because the, the yeah, dog but the whole, hold on the d- whole dating thing with eminem i mean he does that on every app i know certain and things it's that are just so relevant a, to like the time that it comes out and, and then it kind of anyway. fades away fuck your worms You've never seen such a sick puppy. Fuck it, a sick duck. I want my duck sicked mommy. And you're like, I mean, all right. (laughs) On every level, it's clever. Except for the part where it's like... Not. (coughs) Do you ever, like, sit there and go, imagine Eminem got into astrophysics. No. I know you don't. But just imagine <laughs> what kind of tracks the dude could write about space and shit. It would be, like, interesting to me. Okay. Instead, it's at my nuts, licked, gobble them up, trick, yummy. Bitch, don't fucking think I know you suck, dick, dummy. Think I know that you suck, dick, dummy. Y'all better get your butt kicked. Fuck all that love shit, honey. Rhyming-wise, it's all fucking cool. And he's just kind of presenting himself in a game an immature and offensive way this is being slim shady yep and 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 giving you in a sense everything you want out of it while i think kind of satirizing everyone because it it is kind of pretty ridiculous that this is what everyone wants from the dude right Mm -hmm. shardy dance while i diss you to the beat fuck the words you don't even listen to him anyway struck a nerve sucker motherfucker might as well let my lips pucker like elton john because i'm a mean cocksucker and I think he's also trying to point out with this that nobody cares anymore what he says because something that needs to be taken into account at this time is the state of pop hip-hop at this time as all of a sudden like good bars stopped mattering and fresh flows and blaming on the alcohols and all of that kind of shit was like really coming in and, mm-hmm. and taking over the charts and stuff. So, like, from that understanding of the context, it's, like, it all totally makes sense. So, you know, he's just lashing out and he's pissed off. And then this is kind of like, I'm as cold as the cold wind blows when it snows. Don't ask me why. I don't know. And it's fine. The chorus just kind of ties it in. Mm -hmm. But then, it like, as the song progresses, it's a little bit more pensive. So it's almost like that first verse represents just the reckless, boom, this is him being him. And then, fuck it, I'm a loose cannon. Bruce Banner's back in the booth. Y'all are sitting ducks, whatever. And he starts off this song kind of strong. You know, stick his dick in a circle, but I'm not fucking around, motherfucker. I'll show you pussy footing. I'll kick a bitch in the cunt till it makes a queef. It's offensive <laughs> to a lot of people, I'm certain. But yep. that pussy footing line is one of the best fucking puns on this freaking album. Because pussy footing is cowardice or whatever. Yeah. But he's going to kick a, a woman in the vagina, thus inserting his foot into the pussy which will make it queef and then sound like a fucking whoopee cushion because that's what a queef sounds like and i'm like props like (laughs) as ridiculous as i like the part of me that wants to be a i'm a snooty old man now can't help but fucking be like that's that's amazing do i want to listen to it not that much but is it amazing like fucking yes of course it is it's dope (laughs) in its own weird off color kind of way Anyway, 
Matt, then he like flows on and he's like, I told you ain't no fucking way to shush me. Call me a faggot because I hate a pussy. Mash fuck up. Sissy G's. Y'all gardeners freeze up. Put your hose down. Shady ease up. Man, chill. Nah, I can't. God damn it. Rap is a landfill. And I feel like he's kind of pointing out his disdain for the state of where things are at by maybe trying to up ridiculous everything and then also showing a level of self-awareness that this is kind of what his career is and then he does the weirdest shit and he brings in like almost mocks god because he like questions if he's fake and then god starts striking him with lightning and i thought that was remarkable right because a big part of recovery is your higher power and whatever. Yep. So for the first time in M's career, he's like, okay, God, I get it. Maybe there's something to it. And then God makes his little deal with him. But the fact that it's almost like in a sense he's acknowledging God yep. is significant, I think. And then in the third verse, he questions, like, how am I going to be this way? Well, I'm going to be this way till my dying days, till I hand the mic up. It's time for me to say mm-hmm. and so on. So then I drop the fucking bombs. Like, I'm, and it flows it on. It's really great li- rhymings and stuff. But the last line, I think, is, like, actually, like, really significant, I think, is... I'm bananas, pussy, cut out the grapes and grow a pair, but I swear you try to diss me, I'll slaughter you, I'll put out that on everything, like everyone does with auto-tune. And then I'm like, that's so, like... See, and that's why he didn't want to use auto-tune. I know. It was such a, a potent thing. But the amount of pitch-shifting Eminem has done in his career and used other effects, it's like, come on, man. Now that I understand, like, engineering and sound production, like, delays in auto-tune aren't that different at the end of the day if you use them well they sound dope and if you use them stupidly they sound lazy but i understand why everyone hated autotune at this time i myself was a big old lil wayne ass autotune hater once upon a time myself and now i'm no longer that ignorant in Mm -hmm. fact if you can't sing do us all a favor and don't be like eminem here use the fucking autotune it's a really good idea yep he's got a 4.15 I recognize it's a really like good song and just to let you know my gradings four is like the song is good and meets all the metrics and then anything under that it annoyed me and then all the real grades are basically between four and five so this is not a good m&m grade this is i just want to establish this is a bad m&m grade this 4.15 in my opinion yeah and I don't think it's that good. The mixing doesn't feel as good on this one. And that's something else I wanted to point out. I mean, I listen on the same pair of headphones for like every freaking review. And so when I say the mixing sounds less good, it's like noticeably less good than A, the rest of this album, in my opinion, and previous works. Anyway, enough of that negativity. Why don't we talk about how it could sometimes feel like on this podcast. I'm just talking to myself. When this dropped, nobody knew who the fuck Kobe was. I mean, there was blog after blog article, because it's like back then, blogs. And like, nobody knew who fucking Kobe was. First time in my life, I realized that Kobe Honeycutt is his last name, and he was like a person. I know inevitably people find out who he was, but it was just like Kobe. No context, no links, because you had your physical CD. Mm -hmm. Interesting time of life. I don't know if y'all went through a similar thing wondering who Kobe was, but that, that was just my starting point. Bonnie, how do you feel about the song? Um, I don't know who Kobe is. Um, so, uh, so he basically like recognizes and kind of like starts off like the song with an apology um, for being away and for like you know dealing with his issues and 
uh, you know, thanks the fans for sticking with him and for being patient and waiting for him and, you know, like, kind of cheering him on a little bit. Um, and kind of feels like and felt like nobody else was going uh, or, or knows what he's going through, you know, even though he talks about it on every song. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, hold on, though. When this album came out, that isn't true. He had just gone like four-ish years of not releasing shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, And then there true. was just, keep in mind, this was like kind of meant to be part of like a two-year rollout album thing and then he morphed it into this, so. Okay, all right. Um, but anyways, he just wants to be, he's thankful for everybody sticking around. Um, and, you know, he talks about, you know, how he almost wrote um, beef songs about, like, Lil Wayne and Kanye and is so glad that he didn't do that and he didn't start something, like, you know, when he maybe wasn't at his finest. Um, and also, I think these guys are, like, kind of, like, you know, his friends or his peers or well, at the very least. Well, just to clarify that. At the time, and they did do the song Forever with Drake, and I think that was super significant. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was like Eminem almost, you could say, got replaced in terms of being considered the greatest by guys like Lil Wayne and Kanye, who all mm-hmm. of a sudden took over the pop conversation as who the greatest was. Right. So he's acknowledging that these people were outselling and outperforming him over the patch of his disappearing. Yeah, which makes sense. Um... And then, you know, he starts talking about um, his, you know, good friend, uh, Proof, who who died and how he's just not there for him anymore, you know, in his life. And, you know, how, how this is still very significant to him, as, you know, we'll touch upon over and over again on this album. Um, and it, it, it is something that definitely scarred him and hurt him, uh, you know, losing his friend and, you know, being killed. Uh, it was just like, you know, crazy and um yeah and then we have kobe and he's on he's you know he's on the chorus and he's good and um you know basically this is like his cry for help and he was you know kind of feeling alone and he's you know still definitely has you know internal struggles um and admits to himself that he has a problem and needs help and uh he he makes sense or i mean it makes sense because you know he's he's been dealing with everything um in the spotlight and everything has just been like you know crazy you know a fast quick ri- uh, rise to fame um when it happened and then you know his friend getting killed and his addictions and everything else that he's dealing with and it all kind of came crumbling down um and he ne- definitely needed time to work through all of his shit and everything that he was dealing with and his addiction and you know again the same thing his friend being killed all of that and but he realizes uh, maybe now that nobody but him can help himself you know it's and that's you know very true um, and feels like he owes his fan and his fans an apology, um, you know. But he's back now and he's better and he's going to. He's not, he's not going to dis- disappear again like he did. Um, he's not going to get caught up, caught up, caught up in like you know drugs and everything else again. Um, you know, everybody with mental issues like him. You know, he kind of says, you know, keep your head up. You know, like we're all we're all going to get through this together. You're not actually alone. Um, and it is a very positive message, um, and he fe- still feels crazy and like out of control sometimes. And he hopes that there are, are other people who are dealing with um, similar issues the same way that he is, so that he knows that he's not alone. And he hopes that this kind of touches them and that they kind of touch back, you know, almost in a sense like they, you know, he just wants to be there for people and wants other people to be there for him. Um, because he's definitely lost 
um, in his world and he's feeling alone and he feels like you know he's best his best friend's not there for him and like he he doesn't have that person to talk to that you know confidant and whatever um, and he was going through a lot of stuff and is sorry for whatever he did that hurt um, you know for whatever he did that hurt people um, and for everyone that loves him he loves uh, you know he loves them back and he kind of you know ends the song and it sounds a little bit goofy and happy and he's um, so which, which is nice it's kind of like you know he, he's dealing with all this but he kind of ends it on a positive uplifting note um, so it's sort of like his uh, success story I, where he went through like a lot of shit sorry. but he's on the other side of this now so I gave this a 4.5 on 5 I I agree with everything you said in terms of like the the particular song's intent but again I think Eminem went meta album level story thing mm. right so I think uh, if you go watch our relapse review I really believe that album is a, a story about his career up until a point and then let's add some context. What happens after uh, Relapse comes out? Basically, he gets made fun of a lot. Like, a lot of critics shit on it. And, like, it is not, like, well-received. It's not, like, I don't believe it's as badly received as Encore. But, like, it's not really well-received either, especially with all the accents and whatnot. So when you really take that into consideration at a top level, that album really poured his heart and soul out to us, right? It told us his whole album story, as I now realize all this time later how brilliant the, the composition and the track order really was. And then nobody really got it. None of us got it, in my, like, based on my understanding. I don't remember any of my Eminem-loving friends and I ever discussing the great track listing order and sequence of tracks telling the story of Eminem's career. So okay. in a sense, if nobody got the brilliance of the album, Eminem's just talking to himself. I'm like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So Cold Wind Blows kind of represents all of the commentary. And this is, again, maybe a stretch, but <laughs> that he was, that people were focusing on, on relapse. This was all the show. That's what they focused on is what happened in the Colwyn Blows and then asking him why. He's like, I don't know, the Colwyn Blows, oh crap. And then, you know, announcing it's a two-part CD and people aren't excited anymore. Then he makes that one, flows into this talking to myself. So then he just cuts the crap and goes stupid with it and writes a really simple and really sincere song that's not coded and not really artful, but really just describes to both us and the critics mm -hmm. what he was trying to convey on the last album yeah i bet you didn't think i was gonna come up with some shit that made sense but it does does it not <laughs> yes it does um i mean as far as the the rhyming goes it to me it felt comfortable listening to this is it the greatest one no it's just like it felt like an explanation because yeah. young me didn't get uh the greatness of the last album we'll say and again i don't necessarily want to sit here and say relapse is the greatest sonic experience but as a writer, the writing is pretty A-game. Um, and in this case, uh, hearing this track as a youthful person, I, I didn't get the point of Cold Wind Blows until about we started recording this review and it clicked as we were talking. Um, so now I like it a little bit more as a purpose. I actually would have said, I wish this album starts with talking to myself until I realize now why it doesn't. But 
this is the song you're like kind of hoping for it really <clears throat> comes in and just explains some shit like some stuff like when he's sitting there in the mcdonald's which is which is actually true so uh but marshall's is not an egomaniac that's not his motto he's not a desperado he's desperate his thoughts are bottled inside him one foot on a break one on throttle falling asleep with writer's block in the parking lot of mcdonald's but it's and then that's actually based on real shit. So one of the reason moments that Eminem knew he had hit rock bottom is when he was sitting at a McDonald's and some guy went, yo, that's Eminem. And his friend said, nah, that can't be Eminem. He's too fat. Because Eminem had gone up to approximately like my weight, you know, so maybe he's a little taller, but like he shot up to like my size and, um, basically ate a bunch of fucking fast food every day and would be zonked out falling asleep in the parking lot and so just getting these little explanations of where his life was at was really cool yeah but also mixed with but instead of feeling sorry for yourself do something about it admit you got a problem your brain is clouded you padded long enough it isn't them it's you you fucking baby quit worrying about what they do and do shady i'm going fucking crazy and then he does that whole little cheesy chorus so why in the world do i feel so alone nobody but me i'm on yeah. my own is there anyone out there who feels the way i feel is there anyway it's just so like Eminem singy in that moment don't use auto tune I like that Eminem's this is way better than the other track um and then there's just stuff like so I picked myself off the ground and fucking swam before I drown I hit my bottom so hard I bounced twice suffice this time around it's different them last two albums didn't count encore I was on drugs relapse I was flushing them out and then I'm like okay like you're hearing this and you're like wow like this level of self-awareness and acknowledgement and real life things we can all relate to and understand are pretty powerful i've come to make it up to you now no more fucking around i got something to prove to fans because i feel like i let him down so please accept my apology i finally feel like i'm back to normal i feel like me let me formally reintroduce myself to you and then he kind of addresses other people who don't know him and saying i recognize there's a bunch of who's new to the old fans i know i get it it's over i'm gonna wait three years to release my next album um and then another wait six years to release the album after that <laughs> as um, you do anyway just throwing that out there uh but i really appreciated the apology and the way he approached this and i, I really felt like i guess there's bad meets evil for those who might feel that way bonnie's like okay uh <laughs> but this was like really cool to me and then the way he ends it like wheezy keep your head up ti keep your head up kanye keep your head up don't let up just keep it slaying it rest in peace dj am and then um at that time wheezy was in jail ti was in jail kanye was having a breakdown of some sort and then um it's just kind of kind of like yo let's all be friends let's all be cool let's all like support each other through our issues in life and i love the tone of this song and all things considered uh as an adult this is my favorite version of eminem this like he could be my life coach <laughs> you know like that's kind of what it feels like on this track like it feels like this is some real stories of how he would talk during recovery like this is a whole session with us and yeah. I, I like the effect of it i think the beat is so uplifting and dj khalil does a really great job on it like it's just it just hits it's so nice kobe's contributions are absolutely wonderful 
I'm giving this a 4.5. This is like a good song. This is kind of like what you expect yeah. of the quality of Eminem. It isn't like knock you out, depart, real slim, shady, nostalgia ridden for me, but I still found myself really digging it. Yep. Well, luckily for us, our house is not on fire. But it's in the middle of the street. What? I don't really know that I ever really, really thought about or paid attention to this track. This is absolutely a song I forgot existed. When I saw it on the track list, I was like, what the fuck is on fire? Like, what is this song? I don't know that I know this. Yeah. So in a sense, I was like, okay. And so I put it on and then I was listening to it. You know, Critics Man. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> As much as I call myself a reviewer, I suppose we're critics in the context of people yeah. who literally apply grades and offer some kind of feedback. Critique. I try not to we, criticize. We critique these. But I try not to be such a heavy critic. But then there was that first track that I just, just went in on. So critics never got nothing nice to say, man. You're wrong, Eminem. I have plenty of nice things to say about you. I've been called yep. a stan. Yep. Yep. You know, the one thing I notice about critics, man... His critics never asked me how my day went. Ah, oh, damn, I wanted to start off with this. But Eminem, how was your day? Like, seriously, Marshall, if you're watching this video, I would love to know how your day was. I really mm -hmm. hope your week went well. I see Haley's doing well with, like, influencer stuff. She got a lot of people to tweet about their autumns or whatever. And it's great to know that, like, the family is, is doing well is what I'm trying to say. So mm -hmm. I, I sincerely hope your day was good. And I would love to hear about, like, how you spend a day. Yeah. So now that we got that out of the way, let's hear what Eminem has to say about his day. All right. How about you talk now? Um, like this one. Yeah, this one, like maybe not on fire. Um, like this one is like, you know, he's talking about the critic critics, like you said, and, you know, people may not like him or what he's about, but this is sort of like. This is him, this is what he does, this is, you know, what it is, and this is how it's going to be, and he's on fire, and nothing can stop him, and he's here to impress and spit it hard, um, and, like, the sound overall is kind of, like, sad and eerie or something, it felt a little bit weird, um, but for me, like, it, this was just, like, an okay one, like, I'm not surprised you didn't remember this one, it's not really anything that's, like, super memorable, I give it a four on five. So... I really like the beat, actually. And okay. the way I listen to the way his flow hits the beat, it's savage, right? Like, yesterday my dog died. I hog-tied a hoe, tied her in a bow. Like, it's Eminem doing, like, a, a razor-sharp slow flow. Like, every line kind of has an acidic sting in the way that it hits. And it isn't like the same quick, tricky pace that we're getting in, okay. in a lot of his music. That, In fact, what I'd say most people, in fact, that's probably why I don't remember it so well is because when I was younger, I didn't like the slow stuff quite as much. And I mean, ultimately, I appreciate where he's coming from because a lot of people criticize and didn't pay attention and etc. I don't know if it counts, but I did do Rap God live on this very channel, so I can spit Rap God in front of a live audience. I don't know if that gives me any credibility <laughs> to talk about Eminem, but I can do it. Therefore, I'm going to say that maybe I try a little mo. I tried a little mo. I don't know. All He's right. going to 
hog tie a hoe tighter in a bow said next time you blog try to spit a flow he he did say that correct yeah what i gotta do to get it through anyway try to spit a flow <clears throat> you want to criticize dog try a little mo okay I, j- I just wanted to say like that's how it's supposed to be i'm so tired of this i could blow fire in the hole i'm fired up so fire up the lighter and the drill i'm like don't you don't you sober now anyway but if we think back to the ganja of what it represents on the last album, it could be like a metaphor callback to how it's really about lighting up the energy of Dr. J's beats and shit. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm going too much into that. And overall, I feel like it's pretty good, man. Like, flow's tighter, hot-headed is Ghost Rider, cool-hearted is Spider-Man throwing a spider in the snow, so you better get lower than Florida inside of a low rider with no tires in a hole. All things considered dope and if we think about the bodied movie and the battle rap side of it it kind of in my opinion feels a little bit in that cadence of like you're trying to like it's almost like he's battle rapping the fucking critics and he's just dissing at these critics with that kind of homo phone driven bar driven shit rather than yeah <clears throat> i mean I, I can see that and in a sense the critics probably would not listen to this track and get how good the bars are because they're like listen dog christmas is out this is as soft as it gets this isn't god this is a blister in a soft those are your wounds this is salt so get lost and not really like go okay how does this connect together so listen dog all right christmas is off this is as soft as it gets i mean i'll be honest i don't 100 percent get that line but uh this isn't god this is a blistering assault so it's more savage um those are your wounds this is salt salt on your wounds because you know you pissed him off so he's rubbing it in yep. so get lost shit this in me is like pissing off the wizard of oz because that guy will fuck up your fucking day <laughs> it's true i mean this was the worst example i could give because i sucked at interpreting that i get that but uh rapper lizard and gauze why not it rhymed i'm pretty sure that was one of those lines that rhymed unless there's some deeper shit but beat you into jaws with it because he's wrapped a lizard up now he's beating you with it and he's grabbing the scissors and saws which are surgical tools which are associated with like a jaws of life and cut out your livers gizzards and balls so he's performing surgery with the surgical tools after he's beaten you with a fucking lizard wrapped in gauze yeah then throws you in the middle of an ocean in a blizzard with jaws so like there's some brilliance to that there's some fun creative energy to it but if you don't really get hip-hop lyricism I don't think you can fully appreciate it, which is why it, I think he took this approach. That line made me think of <clears throat> uh, what they did to Bin Laden. Okay. Didn't they throw him into the river? I do not remember. Or, or to the ocean? I don't remember at all. Because um, I know they didn't bring his body back. Nobody saw his body. Like, they I just chucked it. But um, I also just find that a lot of this track was like really well done like i it wasn't my favorite i don't like the hook and that's probably my biggest thing on this track is the hook you know that's how you're on a roll because when you're hot you're like burning up everyone else's cold you're on fire man i'm so fucking sick i got ambulances pulling me over and shit you need to stop drop and roll because when you say this shit get to get the whole hip-hop shop to blow uh whatever i mean the way he did the chorus not my favorite then he goes, I just put a bullshit hook in between two long-ass verses. If you mistook this for a song, look. Oh, this hold in- on. It was a year or two soon. That's why I was just, sorry, I was reading about it. 
fair enough. But I just put a bullshit hook in between. And I'm like, that was a bullshit hook, Eminem. And it was two long-ass verses. Okay, I get your point. I respect <laughs> that. I really liked it. Like, all of a sudden, it's like you're laughing at the critics with it. I, I still don't like the hook. But when he goes, if you mistook this for a song, look, this ain't a song. So warning to Brooke Hogan and David Cook that the crook just ran over. So book, run as fast as you can, stop writing and kill it. And then you realize he's actually just warning the critics. He's dissing the critics. He's like trying to fuck them around with them. He's like trying to bait them into writing some shit like, and look at the bad chorus and on fire. <clears throat> and promise like anybody that did that will miss the point of the brilliance of it. Right. And I guarantee you, if this had happened in today's freaking content market, that would have been the case, man. You would have had bloggers an hour and a half after the album was out talking about this bullshit chorus. And then people in the comments and the tweet on like that, like you'd see the tweet, oh, the bullshit chorus on on fire. And then the next people are just quoting the fucking start of the second verse. That's how it would play out today. Um, I just really liked it. I thought it would have like a strong thing to it. Like there's some good lines across it. Like... Uh, Mr. Mathers is the man. Yeah, I'm pissed, but I would rather take this energy and stash it in a can. Come back and whip your ass with it again. Saliva's like sulfuric acid in your hand. I'll eat anything. I'll eat through anything metal to ass an Iron Man. Turn him to plastic. Like, fuck. I love his use of imagery and his consistency within bars. As far as the verses go, I think this song's pretty excellent. It's the kind of song it would have taken a channel doing this whole channel to really come to appreciate why it's really cool like you want to get graphic we can do the scenic route you couldn't make a bulimic puke on a piece of fucking corn and peanut poop and that's interesting because that's gross shit and bulimic would puke to the people would puke but yep. the fact is your shit's so soft and weak you have no like repulsion to you which in the battle rap thing it makes ah it's such a good like <laughs> things but then the fucking crappy chorus comes back in and the beat's also really good, which makes me sad that I hate the hook so fucking much on this track. I give it a 4.25. I think it makes sense to follow up the last track, right? So if we go down like the story path of the project, yep. um, <clears throat> you have him going from talking to myself and almost like that was for the fans. And then he's like, but you motherfuckers. And he's turned his guns on them. So he said what he's got to say about the critics. He set his shit up that's the way it goes and that actually flows in perfectly into what the next track's theme and everything is supposed to be as far as the story of recovery side note notice the lack of skits on this album yeah that's true that's There's very not true. a single one and that's why we won't back down not great um hello everybody and this is the next track on this album <laughs> called oh, no, anyway so on fire has us basically being like you know what after listening to all of your criticisms everybody i'm gonna go ahead and be eminem yep and that's literally sorry it won't back down i said on fire but won't back down is what i meant to say i apologize for that and he's just back now and he's like well you can sound the alarm and you can call it your guards and you can fence in your yard and you can hold all the cards but i won't back down i'm gonna be shady and I have to say, like, all things considered, this is a great response to everything else. It's like, listen, my whole career, I've, it's almost like my whole career, I have dealt with this type of thing. So in response to what y'all are going to say, I'm going to come in with this wonky ass, weird rhythmed, hard hitting beat featuring Pink. <laughs> pink of all people. Well, she's feisty. True. And at this time, it, it 
Like, look, and I, I think she probably may, maybe she, get, I don't know. I don't know. Anything. I mean, they solicited Pink for this song. It was like M's idea to get Pink on the track, not the other way around. Right. Um, DJ Khaled tells a whole story about how they had it all set up. And it was the same chick from like later on on the album. She, the girl from 25 to Life and Almost Famous Liz Rodriguez mm. is supposed to be the original singer for the chorus. And then M's like, well, why don't we get Pink? You know? And so they got Pink because I'm sure if Eminem calls, you go on the song and you are happy to do so in yeah. most cases and she was like that or was is like kind of like that fierce you know girl power you know while not being like a girly girl wise than is well i mean she still is well, herself like and she has you know she passes on those morals uh to her but to i mean her daughter. like her like early early music felt more of the punkish energy that i feel like we're getting out of this like eminem hadn't listened to new pink and was only caught up on the old music and then found something that i feel sounds more like because i had the first couple of pink albums okay like mm-hmm. i don't want no man with the bling bling like all that <laughs> stuff right there <laughs> Um, so I feel like it really does in that hard-hitting rock beat. like the Yeah, it definitely sounds more rock-like. And then I like how M flips on it, too. Like, his, his flow is, is ridiculous. Like, Cadillac Seville's, Coupe de Ville's, Brain Dead, Rims, yeah, Stupid Wheels, Girl, I'm to Wheel, Lose Your Teeth. You know, just, you're, you're in the opposite of what we just had. Like, he went slow and surgical so the critics would catch every line and now it's back to flossing on everybody right so and then it's just ridiculous like shooting from the hip yeah boy i shoot to kill half a breath left on my deathbed and it's just him kind of sounding as crazy like his car is fucking flying and everything's kind of like brain dead rims like it's a little bit off you know and then split half a pill and a happy meal fuck a steak slut i'll cut my toes off and, and the flow is great and the cadence is there and it's not like i'm getting a whole lot out of this except eminem is unapologetically flossing his linguistic ability to come through and then funnily enough saying screaming f that in the middle because he didn't swear there and um he does swear later on like to my power drill you know the fucking drill because that's a power drill and then you know the fucking drill that is excellent double entendring because just on the enunciation you know the fucking drill or you know the fucking drill it's just i like when he does stuff like the writer in me can't get enough of it when you catch them you're just like yeah um everyone my favorite and one of the in my opinion the best bars on this album might be when he goes these other cats ain't metaphorically where i'm at man i gave bruce wayne a valium and said settle your fucking ass down right mm-hmm. and then you're like okay fine i'm ready for a combat man get it combat man and i'm not gonna lie had he not done the get it combat man i might have missed the bar and i kind of appreciate it but then i realized that's why Eminem does those get it and explains his bars here and there. Yeah. Because he used to not do that. Because he used to not need to ever do that. And just to prove that he's metaphorically better, in case y'all couldn't get it, he proves it and then explains the bar. And then I'm like, that's actually credit. And it made me realize why people started dropping puns. And then people started just doing get it and repeating their puns in really lazy ways. Because they saw guys like Shady doing it and thought it was cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, at this point, I understand the need. Like, they, like, release tracks like syllables and stuff like that. Trying to, like, really focus. Like, people don't care about bars no more. Anyway. Um, 
Then you get the chorus, then you get the next verse. Girl, shake that ass like a donkey with Parkinson's. Make like Michael J. Fox is in your drawers playing with yeah, an edge sketch. But you'll never guess who's <laughs> knocking at your door. People hit the floor. Yeah, tonight, ladies, you're going to get divorced because he's so fine and he's going to get you riled up and you're going to do some uh, crazy bad things. Girl, forget remorse. I'm going to hit your boris with Chris's force like you pissed him off. Talented. That, that's a Chris Brown bar because he pissed off. He got real mad and he did something bad around that time. Yeah. A decade ago or so. Which you mean makes sense later on. Yeah. Um, and then it just flows through. I don't know if like bring the beat back. Oh, the beat disappears for a while. Then he goes, bring the beat back. Bring in two extension cords. I'm going to measure my dick. Shit, I need six inches more. Fuck my dick's big bitch. Need I remind you that I don't need the fucking swine flu to be a sick pig. Like, on the one hand, you're like, I feel like it's super dope. You can make the connections. Okay. So, he's like, I need six inches more on my dick because he's always talking about his six inches dick. And if he had an extra six inches, he would have a big dick. And then, fuck, my dick's big. And he's just reminding you. And I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't feel the need for it. And then he points out that he's just trying to be offensive again. And then right. that, that's the whole point of this is I'm back and I'm going to be offensive because people like it when I say a lot of preposterous shit. And then there's a third verse and I'm like, fuck it. Bitch, am I the reason that your boyfriend stopped rapping? Does a bird chirp? Does Lil Wayne slurp zerp till he burps and smoke perp? Well, he does, in fact, do yep. those things. He does slurp zerp till he burps and smokes perp. And I kind of like the way Eminem said that a lot. So, yep. he, like, on the one hand, I like the way Eminem's saying it. Like, when I really just listen to this song from, like, a phonetic perspective, the way it slams with the rhythm and everything is really great. But when I stop and listen, it's like, you're a good catch with a shitty spouse, got a pretty mouth and a good jaw, give me good brain, wash the wood grain, don't want to come stain, bitch, you listening? All that to say... You better swallow my fucking cum and not get anything on my clothes. Understandable. But it's also like, eh, you know, like, yeah, okay. And then uh, the car goes down and then he's like, what? At the fuck turning, the volume goes back up. Yeah. I don't know if I really like that effect. I thought that was very interesting. I've never, I mean, I'm sure it's been used, but like to like the point where I was like, the, the music, like I, cause I've never yep. listened to it before, but I was like, where did it go? <laughs> But yeah, I wasn't like left with the most profound feelings on this track. It was kind of more of a, so yeah, 4.25. I mean, I respect the talent of the rhyming and the verses, Yeah. but I, I didn't get into it back in the day. In fact, it really annoyed me once upon a time, but now I respect the talent, but I still don't really want to listen to it. And that's just where I'm at with this track. Like, I might never listen to this song again for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you covered most of it, honestly. Um, I mean, it's a harder, more rock-sounding song. Uh, you know, kind of, he's the best no matter what he does. He's going to keep doing what he does. Um, and I'm going to have to say I'm not a huge fan of Pink on this one. Um, I mean, she does what she does, but it's not, like, her best. Um, you know, more, you know, kind of jabs at kind of Mariah Carey and like the same sort of people, you know, Michael J. Fox. Um, you know, I like the line, I'm the shit, why you think proof used to call me duty. I thought that was kind of, um, you know, again, it's the, the, the constant bringing up of proof. Um, and I think that that's obviously like something that's very, um, you know, again, relevant to his life, to him at, at this point. 
um, and probably forever. Um, but I mean, overall, it was it's fine. It's not. Um, I'm not overly impressed with uh, with pink, really, unfortunately. And I, I don't. I, and I like pink. Uh, you know, sometimes, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was fine. There's definitely some good raps on here and good flow, but um, there's nothing that's really, like, standout worthy. So I give it a 4.35. Again, it does fit the story of the album. He's busting back and doing what he's got to do. And then in, in typical Slim Shady fashion, well, it's time to go to a WTP, if you know what I mean. Okay, so it's been five songs. And we got one. When I say one, I mean we talking a five on five. We talking a song that is so good that from <laughs> the day I heard it, I have not stopped listening to it. I mean, I can say that since this song came out, it is possibly one of the most guaranteed to be on a playlist Eminem songs of his entire catalog. Does that make it my favorite song? No. But in a streaming era, White Trash Party over here may be the song I have listened to the most since moving into MP3 player land and YouTubes and stuff. Why? I I mean, the beat banger. I mean, how often does Eminem yeah. honestly come in with this kind of banger, right? Like, you could play this in the car. You could vibe around. I mean, maybe not the South cars, but... I could picture myself vibing around Montreal in this because, you know, Detroit is weather like not that different than Montreal. Right. And then, like, the way it starts up, it's just so fun, right? Like, let us come be here. Let us do our thing. Let me, and in a sense, let us have our white trash degenerate rap party. Yep. Let us have our fucking thing. Let them have their fun. And in the midst of that comes one of the, in my opinion, illest flows that the dude has like i'm not talking flossing i'm talking like i feel like boss ass flowy dope shit like mm. in that realms of stuff like first of all i'm a boss i just want to get that across and even my dentist hits when i flop and it just flows and he, he just sounds like it and then pull up to the club in a pinnacle like it's a porsche college best for one of the winners spray paint the doors with the flames on them and i'm just like I like it because that's more <laughs> relatable to my life than half the shit. Yep. So the fact that he juxtaposes your typical party club song and swaps in all sorts of shit I'd rather be at actually makes me really like this party song, right? Because <laughs> I don't want to go to the club. I want to go to the house party. There's just stuff you light on fire that you can't do at the club in Montreal, it's really banned. You can't do that in most places. You know where you can do that kind of stuff? House parties. Therefore, it my, is... Definitely my fair share of house parties. And I can say some of them may have slightly been white trash slash country But, parties. like, all I'm trying to say is that's a fun-sounding environment. And then I just... All of the lines of this song, I we think... We just lit cars on fire and shit. We had barbecues. Right? Sounds dope. But then, like... I'm from the city, though, and I'm in Montreal. I didn't get to go to those fun-ass <laughs> car-burning parties. Like, just, when the cops show up and everybody just goes whoosh, into the cornfields? Like, that's... that's I've done that. Like, that's our reality. Like, I can't say that, like, the bars at his track are, like, overly profound in a way where, like, it's 
like Kendrick Lamar poetic or let's say the meaningness of something like the way I am or yeah. But you know what it is? It's fun. It's just like, fun. He's immune to Cupid by or. Uh, he's immune to Cupid. Why are you trying to put your claims on him? Because you won't do to me what you did to the last man. Now, climbing back, try to not to kick over the gas can. There's a half a gallon in it. That could be our last chance we have at just getting home. Not going to get that lap dance. And right there, it's just it's such a great like imagery, right? He's like, no, no, no. You ain't going to trap me like the other one. You just picture him drunk out of his fucking mind or whatever doing it, right? Getting in, like, don't kick over the gas. We have to be able to get fucking home. Mm-hmm. Yo, okay, now that we've established that... Let me get my lap dance in his broken ass fucking car with the fucking garbage bag on the door and flames. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just awesome. She's got a tattoo of me right above her ass, man. And the streets of war in Michigan, we call them tramp stamps. Allow me to be clear, Eminem. They're called tramp stamps everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. I don't know if there's some extra meaning in that, but it is kind of cool if you, the girl has a tramp stamp of you. Like, respect. Like, that's one of those things where maybe you don't appreciate it. But, like, if somebody had a tramp stamp with my name on it, just because they thought I was the shit, I would love every second of it. <laughs> and that means she belongs to me. Time to put the damn clamps down. Let's show this hussy who's the man. No, get amped. Dance. And then it's it's a fun way. But then he actually kills the singing thing on this one. Like, he kills it. Like, now you can do this on your own, but everyone knows that one was nice to be alone. So get on the floor and grab somebody. And it's a great pop hook. It's so fun. The second verse goes through. Like, literally, I think the whole thing is is fucking amazing. Like, pull a fifth of Bacardi from out of my underwear. Walk around with a walk around the party without a care like a body without a head. Looking like a zombie from Light of the Living Dead, right? Because that's like a zombie without a head. Kind of like he's zonked out at the party. And then, it's just fun. Yep. Like he's floating out there. He's gone. I shoot the gift like I'm hollering, die Santa, miss the tree, and hit Rudolph into innocent bystanders. Because he's... It's just what he does. Shoot the gift horse in the face or whatever. I don't know. It's just fun. As soon as uh, they throw on some R. Kelly, I start balling, making it rain for the ladies in the minis. And what's he throwing, Bonnie? Is I'm it- not throwing ones, fives, tens, or even twenties. I'm throwing quarters, nickels, dimes, pennies up at up at skinnies. It's just so trashy. And then I know you want to talk about the South Park bars. So you, yes, you can, you can do it. I'll give it, it to you. Well, I'll just conti- continue on. It's Man, just... I do this for them bunny, bunnies up at Denny's. You know, cheap waffle, waffles or whatever. Uh, from the northeast and west. But when it comes to them trailers in them South Parks, Get muffle it because it's muffle a it cause homie that hood's tighter than Kenny's. But that's really brilliant. So good. Because everyone knows. And he mentions he mentions Kenny specifically and South Park on a couple of songs. So I think that that's kind of cool. And like. But can we just like break down this bar for a second? When yeah. it comes to the trailers in them South Parks, so it's trailer parks in the South, but being South Park. But there is a there is a place it. called South Park, like a real right. place. But then muffle it because. You got to not talk about what goes on down there. Because, homie, that hood's tighter than Kenny's. And Kenny's hood's super tight, and mm-hmm. you can't talk down there. And then, if your belly button's not an any, then I'm Audi. Hop in my minivan. Let's get ready. And Audi's a car. Mm-hmm. And then he wants to fuck you in it. Anyway. Yep. And then, everybody's favorite bridge. Now, whether you're black, white, or purple, or if you're misunderstood, but you don't give a fuck and you ain't doing shit that you should... Long as you know you're up to evil and you're no damn good. Now we live in a neighborhood called NDG, also known as no damn good to that's some right. people. That's right. So that's right. M's wrapping up our little neighborhood. I know he's not. I know he's not, but let a man believe. <laughs> 
it on the floor, man. Wrap your... Oh, I was just doing that. NDG, what? Oh, see, I wrap my hood and I'm on the floor. <clears throat> I don't know. It's fucking great. The rest of the track's good. Kick the window at yep. the back of my gremlin. Put two milk crates in the trunk. Rip up the stick ship and make a five-seater. And you know what? That's legit because that's what people would fucking do to their cars. And it's actually kind of accurate in the way he describes how you would make it fit more people. Yep. <sighs> I don't know. It's really amazing. He shuts the club down like Drake in the mall. Get it? Because he put Drake on the last project there and there was on that single. I always hated that one line though, but it's fine. It really, it's like everything about it doesn't date this song until he says that one word. He actually almost got away with making this almost timeless, right? Oh, I guess he did R. Kelly borrowing. I take it back. But most of the references are kind of still kind of timeless. But there's only a couple that date it. I, right. I take it back. This is a five on five. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite Eminem songs of all time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what it is. It's just, you know, typical white trash lifestyle, things that are, you know, going on. You mentioned the duct tape garbage bag on the window, you know, car window, which, I mean, I've seen before. Um, you know, and kind of describing situations that, you know, he may have been in, um, in Michigan and, you know, it isn't the richest, uh, community, you know, where he was from and he probably does still, you know, maybe he still hangs out with like, you know, some of his older friends who, as you know, maybe they've come along with him for the ride, but, um, those kind of behaviors just don't go away sometimes. Like the, like no matter how rich someone may be, you know, they're still going to be out there with like a potato launcher shooting it across like the fields because why not? Um, it's just sort of like goofy and it's a different sort of um, a party than what rappers usually sing about. Um, but he's also different from a lot of other rappers. So that's kind of like, you know, he's just telling his, his story sort of. Um, you got more junk in your trunk than I do in my car. I'm like that's another like I know people who live in like hoarded hoarded cars, um, and that's just and then it gets so full and then they just trade it in and get another car, and that's just kind of like what they do and like like I know people that are like that, and um, and just have like shit in their car like so much crap and whatever so it's just you know another thing that just reminded me of home, <laughs> so I mean it's not a bad song um, it's definitely more fun. I don't love it as much as you do. Uh, so I gave it a 4.4 on 5. All right. But well, we all know that Canada, during its elector election right now, is it's going, going through, through changes. changes. Allow me to be clear. Kudos to Eminem for incorporating Dilly Dallyan into a serious song. Respect, Great. my man. Great. This song samples uh, some Ozzy Osbourne on the hook. I'm going through changes. Everybody needs a little bit of Ozzy in their life. I had no idea this was an Ozzy Osbourne sample. As soon as I heard it, I was like, Ozzy? Until when I reviewed this album last week or whenever we actually did the review. No idea this was an Ozzy Osbourne sample. I'm not even hmm. going to lie. I feel like he just has such a, or at least for to me, he has like a very distinguishable voice. But, but that's not everybody. That's when this okay. dropped, I had probably listened to like one Black Sabbath song ever and maybe Crazy Train. Listen, I haven't listened to a whole lot of his music either, but I think his voice is distinct. And whether or not I know the song, I know it's him. I was not as smart as you. You're better than me. Um, I also watched the, a lot of the Osbournes growing up. Fair. And I really think this was an interesting song, right? Because it does a couple of things. Um, 
if we think about it, it kind of is like a little mini tangent, right? So we are at the point where, you know, won't back down white trash party and going through changes could almost be looked at as his life in a sense. Like he fights real hard. Everything's kind of fucked up. And then at this juncture in his life, he's kind of evolving and he's going through different changes. So even though, and then we can kind of take it almost like as you look at the last few songs, his initial reaction to the critics is to like lash out and to do all this shit. But at this phase in his life, he can't really continue doing that. So instead of doing the partying thing and going down that route, he is going through these changes. Yeah. Where you can go through this one because I feel like otherwise you're going to be like, well, you went through everything. <laughs> um, like, I mean, I'm just going to touch on everything quickly. Um, now we see, I know you're going to probably go more in depth. Um, so I, like, you know, very first thing I, you know, I, I mentioned that is I really like the Aussie clips. Um, and I think that he dealt with changes similar changes um uh, you know in his life as well in his experience and i think that that's kind of something that's um when you just you know ozzy osborne and black sabbath was very um in the spotlight very controversial very you know he was heavily involved involved with drugs and alcohol um and so it's a quite a similar situation to what eminem was going through and i think that he maybe sees that reflection or maybe even um I don't know, maybe he reached out to him, you know, I don't know what rich people do. I feel like, you know, maybe they like hung out and talked about like, you know, AA and like, you know, dealing with all of this stuff and dealing with the fame and dealing with the criticisms and all of that. Um, so I think that it is relevant that Ozzy Osbourne was featured. I think that this is something that he can relate to a lot. Um, so just a side story, how it came to be the Ozzy Osbourne sample, because Emily Haney, the producer who created it, um, okay. tells this whole story about how he'd been working with people, whatever, and he gets flown down to work with M, and M's just not there or whatever. So he, he goes out to get some records at the store because Eminem wants a rock beat and he doesn't have his records. So he goes out to get them. Eminem shows up while he's not there. So he grabs a crate of random ass records, heads back, and as he's playing this, Eminem walked in and is like, that's it and then they built the song around it Hmm. I'm completely wrong but I like my story Uh, no but I actually (laughs) think it it might be that Eminem heard it and made that connection and that's why he picked it right so whether or not the producer understands the magic maybe you've unlocked the secret to how this got chosen all things considered I just thought that was a fun anecdote Hmm. cool thank you um so yeah and sort of he's sort of back in the music scene his you know his friend was killed again um you know his family his family is changing his addiction is you know he's kind of got a, a better grasp on it and he's handling it um so much better so there's lots of new things that are happening in his life a lot of changes a lot of things that he's getting used to um you know about having to deal with like you know proof's death and you know all of the you know his addictions and why he felt this way and um how maybe he how he thought he had it under control and you know when he really wasn't under control it was just it was taking advantage of him 
um, and, you know, how he feels trapped, um, sort of, and he's kind of pulled away, uh, you know, when he was using, he pulled away a lot and he, you know, went deeper into his drugs and depression and all of that and kind of secluded himself and wanted to be away. And so like even just coming out and being back with people and everything else is a whole, um, you know, he's changing his habits again. He's getting back into being a more social person, into working, into all of this stuff again. Um, and how he... He literally came back to life for Haley, um, you know, out of the love for her and how he doesn't give up. And, you know, in that part, it is quite an emotional song because it is definitely something that he went through. And it is a firsthand experience that he's telling us about um, and how, you know, he, he nearly, you know, it, you know, this is when he's talking about when he OD'd and, you know, nearly end up killing himself, essentially, um, in the hospital. And, and he's in the hospital and then how he he came back because, you know, she was calling him, and come, you know, to come back to life. And, you know, he, you know, he was supported, um, you know, you know, other people were like, you know, go back to her. Um, so it's thankful that he made it through this song and, you know, is back in the world there for Haley um, and, you know, loves her so much and doesn't ever want to abandon her and leave her alone. You know, kind of what kind of reflecting back to what he went through as a child with his parents, um, how he felt abandoned, at least, you know, very much by his father. Um, so he keeps on going through things and life keeps changing, but he is much more, he's better at handling it um, and he's in a better state of mind, I think. Um, so it is pretty raw, pretty honest, and I imagine that there are a lot of changes, you know, you can't, and when you go through an addiction, like you're not hanging out with the same people, you're not, um, you know, spending your money the same way, you're not eating or, or doing these other things that you would... You're not doing everything. You're doing everything differently, I guess. Um, you're kind of a more of a regular person, um, and you're starting to learn how to be a regular person again. So it is kind of scary and challenging um, to just confront your own emotions and all of that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I gave this one a 5 on 5 because it's uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. I feel like it's another song just to kind of explain to all of the fans and everyone else what's been going on in his life and to give us a little bit of intimacy into his world and again I feel like these are the songs where Eminem shines the most because it's almost unforgettable to hear this level of honesty like as a youth you can relate to it as a grown up you can relate to it mm -hmm. whereas you age it gets harder to be like jiggle on my nuts is a little less fun <laughs> to hear yeah I guess so but like in this one, he's like, lately I really feel like I'm ruling for Delph, which we mean, know means self, but Delph because there's some slang from somewhere like Philly, which is a blunt. So it's like he's rolling for Delph, which would be like rolling a, a Percy, a, a solo joint, like in a Philly. So it's like he's going in intensely, you know? But mm -hmm. also, anyway, which I also think maybe the accents from there, I don't know. I feel like I'm losing control of myself. I sincerely apologize if all I sound like is I'm complaining, but life keeps on complicating and I'm debating on leaving this world this evening. And it's like straight up, he seems so miserable and he's unhappy with where his world is at and to the point where as much as people may not like his whining or the attitude he has, when you're in that state, like you may come off a certain way, but you may end up also be questioning things like suicide because you're not able to handle the emotions that you're dealing with 
to the point where his girls can see he's grieving when he hides it and you know he finally realizes he needs help he can't do it by myself he's two weeks for two weeks he'd been up and uh, having ups and downs going through peaks and valleys dilly dallying around with the idea of ending this shit right here and it's in lines like that where i think it really means a lot to a lot of people that eminem would describe these emotions i know myself i felt many of those things to, the, to all of what he said like every bit of that and as a younger person with even more like insanely unstable emotions uh it's it's just like relatable to hear that somebody you look up to like an eminem is being honest about the same kinds of emotions and then the idea of something just like a haley you know grounding him and keeping him there is powerful and then he's just going on about you know from her perspective i locked myself in my bedroom bathroom napping at noon so you know drug addict behavior yeah dad's in a bad mood he's always snapping at you and then so kind of flipping into Haley's perspective marshall what happened that you can't stop with these pills and you've fallen off with your skills and your own fans are laughing at yeah. you which is true because he got fat and was eating drugs like things to the point where literally there were fans that were laughing at him for being a degenerate mess like it was at the point where the people at the fast food places weren't even phased that Eminem came in because he would just come in and eat by himself and just eat like a lot of food and look really sad and lonely and so it just kind of killed the magic of Eminem um, to a lot of people mm-hmm. Um, and it became a problem. You're too pussy to tackle. Get up. Be a man. Stand. A real man would have had this shit handled. Note that you just had your heart ripped out and crushed. They say proof just flipped out, homie. Just whipped out and bust. Nah, it ain't like duty to do that. He wouldn't fucking shoot at nobody. He'd fight first, but dwell it. So basically now you get a sense of where he's at with it all. Just, you know, he heard some stuff about how it went down and then what the consequence was. And he's like, nah, it can't be like that. It can't be real. His thoughts won't go away. So he's just losing himself to his pills. But what's really interesting is when he goes, yeah, I'm tight verse. You killed it. Fucking drug dealers hang around me like yes, man. And they're going to do whatever I says when I says it. It's in their best interest to protect their investment. I just lost my fucking best friend, so fuck it, I guess this. And then he just kind of flows on, and you can kind of picture it, where I do believe Eminem is surrounded by yes-men to this day, and some of the decisions that get made by his camp are questionable, and part of it is people aren't going to say no to him, and especially if it's talking about drugs and shit, and drug dealers just want to keep... They're just making money off of him, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I imagine at that point, Eminem is, you get free drugs for a while, but we're well, past... Well, he also makes, like, so much money that but they're, I like, you can afford to pay us. The habit has gone past the point of, fuck the fees, I can get you drugs for free, to, yeah, his drug dealers are like, come on, baby, just keep paying me. And that's probably what happened. Yep. Um, my friends can understand this new me. It's understandable. You think banana, if you but think how bananas you'd be. You'd be an animal too if you were trapped in this fame and caged in it like a zoo and everybody's looking at you. What you want me to do? I'm starting to live like a recluse. And so, basically, he now goes on and describes throughout this next verse that because he's famous, because he has all this money, he can hide from the world. And he just sits there alone watching the tours of the DVDs when him and Proof were having the good time, sitting there in memory lane. And it honestly feels like a TV montage of watching somebody be depressed. And then he gets high. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's pushing it and almost in a coma. Yeah, homie, come on, dole them out. 
And then you hear, Daddy, don't die. You die on me. Daddy better hold your ground. He's like falling, you know. Mm -hmm. He's taking all these pills. And then you just hear, Daddy. And then the going through changes, Daddy. And then he kind of adds, don't know what I'm going to do, but I just keep on going through changes. And it's like, again, it's one of the more intimate moments where you can just picture the fact that, like, his daughter found him passed out on pills dying on the floor. Like, that's fucked up. Mm -hmm. Then he wakes up in a hospital of tool, uh, full of tubes. Now, if you haven't heard Castle slash Rose from a Revival, like it's like this, but like jacked out to emotional next levelness. Um, but woke up in the hospital full of tubes. Somebody's pulling through. Swear when I come back, I'm going to be bulletproof. I'm going to do it for proof. Not the greatest, but I get it. I think I should stay to fruit. Yeah. And then he just comes in, man. And he just dedicates it to everybody. And then kind of addresses the end of Kim. Which is interesting because it's one of the first times he doesn't have the venom or any of that against her, right? He's like, Haley, this one for you, Whitney and Elena too. I steal your love, your mother. That'll never change. Think about it every day. We could just never get through it together. Hey, I wish there was a better way for me to say it, but I swear on everything. I'd do anything for her on any day. Which is cool, because like, it's amazing to hear. There are just too many things to explain. When it rains, guess it pours. Yes, it does. He goes into a mockingbird flow, right? Because in yeah. mockingbird, he's almost like saying, "Yay, our happy family's back together." But um, I just know that it feels like we pissed away our history, and that's just like an interesting point. Like just all of this, and it's gone, and it's over, and it's just ended, and it's just kind of like there, and saw the picture and whatnot, and then. I guess it inspired this track or whatever, but it's 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 fascinating just to look at this more honest, to the point, connectable. Like this this song, in my opinion, ages so well because it's his story, right? It's not like a bunch of cheesiness. It's just this flow of a drug addict spiral into the worst moment of his life, but coming through it with the dedication to do better with like this resolution and this Kim thing like you're just not expecting and wow that's what I can say about this one mm -hmm. like as far as what we've heard on the album I feel like conceptually it's really good uh I give it a 4.35 the Ozzy sample not my favorite again mm -hmm. I'm at the point where it's like the hook not my favorite the verses get me into feels and shit and all this and then it's like i'm going to change it no like, it's so it's so much better than that <laughs> not to me okay so had it not been that had it been with a different hook 4.5 but just a, a couple points off for that so look we're at the point where the raw recording file has this at pretty long, and we're only a third of the way through our track list. That tells me that this might turn into another three-parter. Why? Because, well... It's Eminem. And it's just easier to go through these songs, having all the history and context to fill in like that. So, I like that freedom you. to, like, speak, I guess, you know, well, more than we necessarily need to, almost. Well, it's just... I mean, I want to try hard on the M. I'm not just on that. I don't try hard on the other reviews, but I feel like I just—it's the context. I was an Eminem fan through this period. I've been an Eminem fan five, six years before. Well, let's say five years before this came out. I've been an Eminem fan since. So for me, it's easy to just go on at length about how this album 
was substantial in certain ways or just his music was meaningful to me or that and I've, and in most cases spent a lot more time with his music than other people. Mm. And uh, there's the part where I don't have to worry about re- like figuring out the drug dealer parts and all that stuff. And I'm not trying to imply that that's not good music or anything negative for those who haven't seen any of the other reviews. It's just, that's not my life. However, I come from some white trash shit and I moved into the middle class America. So all the white trash stuff I can relate to, it's really easy for me. So I, I just, I don't know, I grew up on this shit. Anyway, I have to justify half the shit I do. This is the <laughs> Canadian apologist in me. Yeah. Still, um, We're going to go watch the rest of the Canadian uh, elections as they, you know, all the votes start coming in. They have been coming in. Um Anyway, it doesn't really matter who's winning or not. It's very early on and there's hours left to go. True. But we are going to come back real soon with the rest of this review. Um, and we're going to cover all the songs, including the two bonus ones. So we do care a lot about your comments and we appreciate you watching this. So thank you. I didn't even say it yet. How silly of me. Thank you for watching this and being a part of yeah. it with us. It means the whole world to us. And listening. Yeah. For those of you on the Spotify's and the iTunes or whatever other platform you're on today. Um that's really cool to be able to say that so thank y'all and if you want to leave any comments we'll make the effort to answer you and to engage in some conversation I'd absolutely love to hear what your favorite M album is all of the stuff with that do you like his current music are you still a fan like you were are you a new fan all that good stuff um, if you made the effort to leave a comment I'll make the effort to answer you in the comments it's only fair and you can subscribe to the channel for part 2 and likely 3 and you can go ahead and hit the like button if you want to hit the like button or the dislike it's okay too and if you really really like what we do you can support us over at Patreon and that would be real dope we're just behind that suit over there and special thanks to the Patreons wow this is backwards Ismail Gadamsey, Chris Prada, Jonathan Barnes DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Limbs, Cooney Sparks. Sorry, I got a little presumptuous like a YouTuber today. Oh, <laughs> boy. But they support what they do. Help us get on the Spotify's and stuff. Help us get a new camera. Help us get a website and the Squarespaces and whatnot. So none of this is free. And they're really making a huge difference. And that's really dope. So the more help that we get, the better show we can make. Plus, they tell us what albums they want to review. So next week, it's going to be Mr. Lindell Williams. And, um, yeah, uh, they're awesome. And I really, I really feel like the albums they forced us to review have shaped us into better reviewers, all things considered. So thank you for being a part of this, for real. I dropped an album recently, this guy. I make the rap music myself. You can check that out on this channel or on the Spotify and iTunes and all that. Right, I'm plugging myself on two two times for Spotify on the same show. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, y'all are amazing, for real reals. In the wise words of the Vulcans, live long and prosper. Bye, guys.